Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Based on the critically acclaimed graphic novel, Days of the Bagnold Summer is a funny yet sweet coming-of-age story about single motherhood and Metallica. Daniel was supposed to spend the summer with his dad and his dad's new wife in Florida, but when his dad cancels Daniel's trip, his mother and him are suddenly faced with the prospect of six long weeks together. An epic war of wills ensues in their suburban home as Daniel wants to listen to heavy metal and start his own band, while his mom hopes to rekindle the fun times they used to have together. The film, again, is called Days of the Bagnold Summer, and we're joined today by the director, and that would be Simon Bird. Simon, welcome to Film School Radio. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. What really did inspire you to want to move forward with this particular project? It, it was the book. The, the book's uh, an incredible piece of work. Uh, it's a graphic novel, but in in not in any way that I've ever <laughs> experienced a graphic novel before. It's incredibly understated and economical and just a very sort of humane, subtle and, and wry piece of writing and, and drawing. I knew that my background is in comedy. I knew I wanted to make something that was funny, but I think I've always been drawn to pretty small comedy, really, as opposed to the bigger, broader genre stuff. Um, and uh, and this just ticked uh, all the boxes for me. It's a, yeah, just a very small uh, character study that is funny throughout, but has a real sadness and pathos to it as well. I think that's the key word. There's a real pathos here. These characters are working through things. Daniel's working through being young, being upset. His dad's not there. There's things in his, it's just the angst of being where he is in, at that point in his life. And with Sue, she has this amazing capability of being able to compartmentalize and, and be empathetic with the people around her. She is a, such a, I just thought she was such a wonderful character. Uh, yeah, is, and I think that, that that all comes from the book, really. You know, what what felt so special about the book was, in many ways, it sounds, when you describe it, like a story we've seen lots of times before. You know, it's a, a coming-of-age story about a, a teenager in suburbia in his, in his summer holidays. Um, you know, there's a lot of films that are, are like that. But what felt so unique about the book was it, it, it approached that as much from Sue, the mum's perspective, as from, from Daniel's. So it's a coming of age story, but it's as much a coming of age story for her as it is for him. And, you know, you talk about adolescent angst, but really it's about the angst of, of, of single parenthood as well. You know, we were very careful when we were making the film to be true to the book in, in being very even-handed and, and seeing as much of Sue as we see of Daniel. What are the, what are the biggest challenges of con, of taking a graphic novel and turning it into a film? Visually, tonally, what are what are the things that you are that you felt like you really needed to nail in making that that uh, conversion from one medium to another? That's a great question. I think I think there are, there are pluses and minuses. Really, uh, I mean, it's it's on on the one hand, it's great because you have some visual indicator of the sort of style you know that, that might be useful and that helped achieve the sort of the the tone that you liked in the book so so that's great on the one hand but then on the other you don't want to be dictated to by that and you want to sort of stamp your own 
style on it. So with, with this book, it was great to to see the characters, to see the way they walk and the way they dress and the way they move. And I think that really helped with the adaptation process for, for Lisa, the writer, that she always had that sort of truth to go back to. But actually the drawing style in the book is very uh, stripped back. There's no backgrounds to any of the panels. It's all in black and white. And I think originally, I, I, just maybe through a lack of imagination on my part, that that made me think about doing this in a in a very stripped back, sort of quite grungy, almost mumblecore sort of way and making it black and white and you know having the sound the the uh the soundtrack be sort of purely the heavy metal that um Daniel listens to but but actually in many ways we ended up doing something that was totally the opposite um aesthetic style of the book which is we went sort of full widescreen and full technicolor and I think the reasons for for that it was that was sort of gradual process by which we ended up there but because the the story at his heart is about Daniel thinking he's going on holiday to America and ending up having a very disappointing English summer holiday instead. I don't know. I, I think I was sort of inspired by American films and sort of trying to make this, make these two people who are um, characters that you wouldn't normally see at the center of a film feel heroic and, and epic in their, in their way, despite the, the, the story, their, the story of their summer being so very small, um, so I think that's what what led me to to shoot it in a um, in a slightly more um, uh, gl- glamorous style than the book. Yeah. Although I would say that you know the color palette for the film is relatively muted. Yeah, I mean Susan wardrobe, the the house itself, uh, even by by kind of metal standards, uh, Daniel's uh, fairly. I mean he's mono monochromatic in, in yeah. many ways right but oh that's i mean that's not that unusual kids who who dress in black tend to dress in black so <laughs> you know so think, so yeah although, so there's although that. muted yeah i think i think it's it's sort of as colorful as you're ever going to get out of the english suburbs you know we did definitely did try to push the the blues in the sky when the sun did come out and yeah. um I, I think to try and achieve that effect that you're talking about that he was that daniel is this sort of black void this sort of depressive character stalking around the suburbs while people are enjoying their summer around him so we tried to sort of wring as much color out of it as possible yeah and i yes yes you yeah. and you're right the holiday that they go on you that's when things and it's the part of the film where things begin to open up their relationship begins to sort of turn a corner if you will and there's sort of there's, there's some great things in that that part of the film one of minor listeners, we're speaking with the uh, director of this wonderful film, Dave's the Bagdoll Summer, and uh, we're speaking with uh, the director, Simon Bird. One of the most important things in the film, if not the most important uh, thing, is the character of Sue Bagnold. And the actor who plays that part, Monica Dolan, is just, she's perfect. I, I, I just, I can't imagine someone being any better at being that character and... Tell me a little bit about how she came into the project. Well, I mean, I, I totally agree. Obviously, I think she's she's amazing, and uh, people listening may not sort of be aware of her, but she's a very um, established and successful actress here in here in the UK, uh, without being really a household name. And she's she's sort of achieved success sort of across genres, which is what what made her stand out to me. As I said, my background is in comedy and in sitcom, and she's done very well in in uh, having sort of small parts and a lot of British sitcoms 
but she's also broken out into dr- sort of very heavy drama roles as well. She played um, the serial killer Rose West in a UK miniseries, and she won a BAFTA for Best Actress for for that. So she she's um, she can sort of tread the line between tragedy and and comedy, and that was what seemed really important for this part. So she's somebody that I've just looked up to and admired for for years and was sort of the first person I, I thought of for this. When you brought her into the project, what were you telling her that you wanted to see out of Sue? And let me just, before, before you answer, let me just say, she, will, she reminded me of, and I'm going to, this is sort of an American reference, but um, she reminds me of Maud from Harold and Maud. And there are other characters in cinematic history that she reminds me of, but she is, she's just great as, as, as Sue. And, um, but, but what were, what were you sort of hoping? Well, that's, um, said, that's, yeah. that's great that you say that. Cause that was definitely, you know, that was one of the films we talked a lot about in terms of sort of tonal references. And the relationship um, as well, sort of the, that relationship between Harold and Maude is not very terribly different in, in the, the, in their dynamic, right? Am I wrong about that? A key point to make is that uh, at the beginning, I think a lot of the um, a lot of it came from from Monica, who is just the most prepared actor you could ever work with. Uh, and she takes, you know, I know this from various people that have worked with her. That she 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 doesn't take on a lightly, and she does a lot of preparation so we you know the first thing we did was just sat down and and talked for hours about about the book and uh how the book achieves its sort of magic and making sure that elements of the of the character in the book were were there in the in the script so there was a lot of just sort of one-on-one us chatting about the script really Uh, and then in terms of achieving the tone i think the key thing that monica wanted or needed to hear from me was just to to play the, the the truth of the situations and not to um not to push not to push the comedy, you know. As I said earlier, both she and I are from a been in sitcoms and have spent a lot of our time making sitcoms. And I, I think there's a, another version of this film, hopefully a worse version of the film that, that exists that is one where you're really going for the laughs because there are jokes in the script, but I think they only work if if the characters are grounded and, and real and it feels like a believable dynamic between these two characters. So I think that was the key thing was that, you know, I, I told her that I'm I'm going to try and bring it together visually in a way that gives it a lightness of touch and a sort of um, witty, wry sensibility. But, but in terms of her performance, I just wanted her to sort of create something that felt real. Yeah, and she is, she's just so good in this role. And, you know, this is Earl Cave plays the part of Daniel. Bagnold. And that's a, that's a tricky role because he could be so surly and so un, unlikable as to kind of completely mess up the dynamics of this relationship and the, the tone of the film itself could have, you know, taken a turn, if you will. But he's he's really funny. He's funny. But I mean, he's a, he's a teenager who is working, as I said earlier, working through some things. And I just again, he's great. And I like the way I like his trajectory in the film. It doesn't feel forced. It feels like this is what I did when I was his age. You know, yeah. this is how I acted. I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head that that, that was the really that was the really tricky bit of casting, actually, and it's a really tricky part because, uh, as you say, he's clad in black and he's got that 
long greasy hair in front of his face you can barely see his face most of the film and he doesn't really even say much except for sort of swearing at his mum so uh, it's hard to to pull that off and still um not only be sympathetic but be charismatic enough that an audience wants to stay with you and wants you to succeed and we saw a lot of we saw a lot of um actors for that for that part who were great at being surly but for whatever reason didn't have that necessary magnetism and Earl just just has it he's just on screen as in real life he's just the, the nicest kid you'll ever meet and is so sweet and lovely and the crew just all sort of fell in love with him over the course of the shoot and he's you know hilariously funny as well yeah. so you know he sort of suppressed all that for Daniel but I think you can see it bubbling underneath and and hopefully that's why it works it does. It does. And yeah, and that is the, that's the film right there, their relationship and this kind of dogged determination that Sue has to make all of this better, make everyone around her better. That's the thing that's so winning about her and it, not in a way that is, is a mawkish or anything. It's, it feels like this is just her and this is how she gets through being a single mom, being a librarian, being all the things that she, she is. And there's one small character, or I should say, a smaller role in the film that I really liked a lot, and I hope that I've got the right uh, the the woman who the redheaded woman who's kind of the next the neighbor uh, is that Astrid? Do I have that yeah, right? Astrid yeah, is that's right. Daniel's best friend's mom. Yeah. Yes, and there I loved her in that in that she is there's something a little bit flighty, a little bit sort of ethereal about her character. But I, I love that first scene with where where that we see her and Sue together and she's talking about what a strapping young man he is. There's just, there's this sort of undercurrent of mischief to her yeah. character that I really thought added a lot to the to oh, this kind great. of I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. But it, again, a lot of it is um just down to the performances. I mean yeah. But that's uh, Astra is played by Tamsin Gregg, who yeah. again is a is a sort of legend of the British TV comedy world. She so was, it was it was great working with these amazing comedians, a lot of them who had no reason really to do the film because they certainly didn't get paid very much and they're not on screen very much. But um, oh, she's the supporting great. cast is brilliant. Tamsin and Rob Brydon's in it as um, Mr. Porter and yes. Alice Lowe. Yeah. A lot of these people are sort of comedy heroes of mine, again, who may not be very famous in in america but a sort of established names over here so yeah i was very lucky to work with such a brilliant cast yeah really I, there's exactly right everybody in it just has this little bit of flavor that they throw into the stew here if you will and they and when you come by the end of it it's just it's just such a delightful film and let's not forget bell and sebastian they are another character in this film the musical soundtrack to this film is wonderful i'm a big bell and sebastian fan so in fact i had Stuart uh, murdoch on for um uh the girl i mean god help the girl yes yeah. yeah i had him on he was terrific wonderful and wonderful film by the way i really like that film a lot yeah and uh so it's just it's all this just every element in the film is is joyful in its own way it, it there's an element of joy in all of it and i just i think you can't understate that enough and by the end of it I, I just can't imagine somebody not really falling in love with uh, with uh, Sue and her story and how she, and it plays out. So, well, that's so kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, because I think actually, weirdly, it's a relatively it's an incredibly quiet story, and really, at its heart, it's it could be quite a sad story. So, yeah, I'm glad that it 
you know every stage we try to t- we try to add that that lightness and that um wit to it and i think yeah all the things you've talked about the brilliant performers and the and ben and sebastian really really help on, in in achieving that well i want to thank you thank you so much first of all thank you for the film thank you for getting these performances from your cast and also for being here on film school radio i really appreciate it no worries thanks for having me oh, again i want to let our audience know we've been talking with simon bird he's the director of the film days of the bagnold summer and it's coming out by the way you can see it you can go to greenwich um um entertainment there's the website for it there you can just um and it's you will see a link at the film school radio website so thank you thank you so much simon and thanks mike You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music